Welcome to Coffee with the Doc, a weekly podcast hosted by Dr. Glenn Schaefer, a practicing chiropractor with over 30 years experience helping people just like you with natural, holistic healthcare and lifestyle change. Dr. Schaefer is the creator of The Vibrant Lifestyle, a wellness program designed around six fundamental principles that when applied to your life will result in remarkable changes. Again, welcome to Coffee with the Doc, and here's Dr. Schaefer. Well, today I'll be giving an overview of principle number six, the final principle in my Vibrant Lifestyle program, purging and eliminating toxins. So what are toxins? Well, the Nemours Foundation describes body toxins as a toxin is a chemical or poison that is known to have harmful effects on the body. Toxins come from food or water, from chemicals used to grow, prepare food, even from the air that we breathe. Our bodies process these toxins through organs like the liver, kidneys, and eliminate them from the body in the form of sweat, urine, and feces. Well, that's their definition and explanation of what happens with toxins. The truth is that we can come across toxins multiple times during the average day and not even be aware of it. Matter of fact, we probably do come across them throughout each and every day. As I mentioned above, toxins are just about everywhere, even in the items and products that our society has deemed healthy. There are two sides to this discussion. Number one will be purging toxins, which is getting rid of them, the ones that are already in our body. And the second one is eliminating them or stopping from putting them in our body. We're going to look at uh, some common and not so common toxins that you may or may not be aware of. Then I'll cover a few ways to help get rid of those toxins once they're already in our body. I'm going to start with a couple of products that most of us are familiar with and Probably once you really think about it, you you understand that they are toxic. The first one is tobacco products and cigarettes. In the United States alone, deaths related to cigarettes totals about 500,000 per year. Did you catch that number? 500,000 per year. According to the CDC, there are more than 16 million Americans living with diseases caused by smoking. Smoking causes cancer, heart disease, stroke, lung diseases, diabetes, chronic obstructionary pulmonary disease, or COPD, which includes emphysema and chronic bronchitis. It's also linked to tuberculosis, other types of eye conditions, uh, diseases of the immune system, including rheumatoid arthritis. On average, a smoker dies about 10 years before non-smokers. Here's a couple of stats. Total economic cost of smoking for our country is more than $300 billion a year. And that includes about $170 billion for direct medical costs and $156 billion for lost productivity. Ah, pretty amazing. All of this, which is totally preventable. Does that kind of sound like a problem to you? Well, it, it does to me, too. Why are cigarettes so bad? Well, the American Cancer Society states that tobacco smoke is made up of thousands of different chemicals, at least 70 of which are carcinogenic, meaning they cause cancer. Some of the chemicals found in tobacco smoke include nicotine, hydrogen cyanide, formaldehyde, lead, arsenic, ammonia, radioactive elements, benzene, carbon monoxide, nitrosamines, and PAHs, which stands for poly cyclic aromatic hydrocarbons. That's a that's a mouthful. These are the ingredients in, in, that make up cigarette smoke. Pretty nasty, huh? Consequently, some believe that the e-cigs or smokeless tobacco products would be better. 
Well, the marketers of the e-cigarettes have claimed that the ingredients are safer than those in cigarettes. But there's aerosols in there and some other additives such as nicotines, flavoring, and a variety of other chemicals known to be toxic and cause cancer. The levels of these substances does appear to be lower than in traditional cigarettes. But the amounts of nicotine and other, other substances in these products can, be, can vary widely because they're not really standardized in that particular industry. Long-term health effects of e-cigarettes just simply we don't know yet. Smokeless tobacco products, uh, snuff and chewing tobacco and other products like that, uh, also have a variety of harmful chem chemicals in them. Some of them cancer-causing benzene, propylcyclic aromatic hydrocarbons again, um, that can be absorbed through the mouth and are carcinogenic. Like other forms of tobacco, smokeless tobaccos contains radioactive substances as well. Well, in conclusion, while some of these products may be less harmful than others, they're all harmful, and they are greatly impacting the overall health of our nation. Let's move on to alcohol. Just under 100,000 people die annually in alcohol-related deaths in our country which makes alcohol the third leading cause of preventable deaths. This total includes about 10,000 from impaired driving due to alcohol. And what are some of the other top 10 preventable diseases? Well, we mentioned tobacco products and smoking. Medical errors is one of them. Uh, overweight and obesity, infectious diseases, toxins, which is this whole topic, uh, motor vehicle accidents, firearms, sexually transmitted diseases, and drug abuse just to round out those top ones. What does alcohol really do to your body? Well, according to the National Institute for Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, drinking too much either on a single occasion or over a period of time has a negative effect on your brain and nervous system, heart, liver, pancreas, immune system, and it increases your overall risk for cancer. I won't get into all the details, but you kind of get the picture. It's a sobering fact, excuse of fun, that about 30 million adult Americans binge drink at least once a week. 30 million binge drink at least once a week. The most current stat that I could find dates back to 2010, which indicates the cost of excessive alcohol use in our country to be about $250 billion annually. So let's look at those two statistics. I've only mentioned alcohol and tobacco products and that's almost 600 billion dollars annually and over 600,000 deaths annually to just those two substances and here's another stat for you there's over 200,000 ER visits each year related to teenage underage alcohol use that's pretty amazing so how many more are negatively impacted annually by those two products that we don't have statistics for? I'd estimate there's probably a, a couple hundred thousand more. And that would put the grand total at probably over one million people that are either killed or negatively impacted annually by just those two preventable issues. And here's a concern that I have. Do we hear anything in the day-to-day -day news feed about people protesting or demanding the elimination of the production or sale of these two products, tobacco products and alcohol? No. As a matter of fact, it's just the opposite. Alcohol use is glamorized. I won't go any further down this particular road, but you kind of see the issue in my point. Something is certainly out of balance on our focus of what's important. 
Let me jump to another toxin real quickly, which might surprise you. Medications. That's right. For some of you listening, medications probably only have positive connotations. They save lives and, and help people. And while that's certainly true, medications also cause a lot of deaths and health problems to individuals in our country. I'm going to discuss really only one medication here, statin drugs, uh, due to their popularity. But you can kind of generalize and apply this across the board to a great number of medications that we take. But in the U.S., there's over 40 million people taking statin drugs like Pravacol, Zocor, Lipitor. Uh, those are some of the popular ones. But are they really helping or are they causing more damage than good? You hear in the ads, just, just like I do, every night on TV, the risk of heart attack and stroke uh, is being lowered by almost 40% by taking these statin drugs. But what's the full picture? Because I think we're being a little misled. Uh, Dr. James Wright, a professor at the University of British Columbia and the director of a government-funded therapeutics initiative whose purpose is to pour through all of the data on any particular drug, a variety of them across the board, and figure out really how well are those drugs doing. Dr. Wright's team analyzed years of clinical trials on statin drugs. He found in patients who already had suffered a heart attack that statin drugs somewhat reduced the chances of a recurrent heart attack that could lead to an early death. In people over the age of 65, no matter how much their cholesterol was lowered by the medication, he found no benefit to the statin drugs. And there was no benefit to women at any age. He did see a small reduction in the number of heart attacks for middle-aged men taking statins in, in clinical trials. But even for those men, there was no overall reduction in total deaths or illnesses requiring hospitalization. So despite the big reduction in the bad cholesterol, here's what Dr. Wright concluded. Most people are taking something with no chance of benefit and a risk of harm. Here's the stats on statins. There's a, there's a particular number in the clinical research, a data number called the NNT, which stands for number needed to treat, NNT. In other words, how many people did they have to treat with statin drugs to give a positive effect in one? So let's say we have a room of several hundred people. How many of those did they have to give the drug to before they got a positive effect in one of them? For statins, the NNT is about a hundred. I paused purposely there. A hundred people had to be given a statin drug to have a positive effect in one. So how many out of that hundred had negative effects or negative effects such as side effects? Probably at least half of them, statistically speaking. And so it goes with a great number of the medications that we see advertised and that we're bombarded with on TV ads each and every day. High NNT statistics, which simply means they're not very beneficial and a lot of patients are experiencing negative consequences from the side effects. In other words, in most cases, they're doing more harm than good. If someone is taking something that's not doing any good, but is doing them harm, isn't that the definition of a toxin? Well, I went through a lot of the top 10 medications and found that many of them had, had high NNT statistics, and it's not surprising. Well, I know that sounds like I'm anti-medication, which I'm not. But what I'm trying to explain is that taking some medications, for some people, the medication 
have higher or greater risks of injury than the condition that those medications are trying to treat. The entire purpose of my Vibrant Lifestyle program and for this podcast is to apply natural holistic principles and to work on our health in a manner so that there is no need to take medication or in worst case scenario, only very minimal medications. Many times there are natural methods of healthcare that have minimal or no risk of side effects. Let me move on to another toxic area. Uh, we're skimming through this because this topic of toxins is, is wide and deep, and we're just going to skim the surface of it in this podcast today. But in future podcasts, we'll get into a lot deeper discussion on many of these different topics. But how about household cleaning products? How toxic are they? Well, we have a lot of them around the house and under the sink. A quick glance at some of these products, and you may see on the label, hazardous to humans and domestic animals. Gosh, that's on the warning. That's kind of a no-brainer. This thing is toxic. The average household has between 50 and 60 toxic chemicals just sitting in our medicine cabinets, under our sinks, in our in our closet and cleaning areas. These products have been linked to a variety of health conditions, asthma, cancer, tumor, uh, reproductive disorders, neurologic condition, hormone issues, and many, many more. While one-time exposure is, is not so much a big deal, but it's repeated exposure over months or years, it's really impossible to move, remove all of these toxins, but we can certainly reduce our exposure considerably. Let me go over a short list of, of some of the chemicals in a variety of these products that we have around. Uh, phthalates, which are fragrance, uh, producing chemicals in a lot of the cleaning supplies, uh, very toxic. We have uh, those that are called perks, which is perchloroethylene. Uh, these are in spot removers, carpet and upholstery cleaners. Triclosan, which is antibacterial agent in some of the soaps and dishwashing detergents that we have. Ammonia and chlorine are also toxic. We see chlorine in some of the cleaning products, tap water, and in our pools. That's right, in our pools. And when you add ammonia and bleach, which sometimes may happen accidentally, uh, it can create a very toxic gas as well that most people aren't aware of. But there's a variety of natural cleaning product alternatives. Baking soda, vinegar, a lot of essential oil products. Duterra is the company that we utilize. has an entire line of cleaning products from laundry soap uh, to cleanser for your house that are all safe and natural. There's a whole bunch of them out there. But I just want you to be aware of that many of our cleaning products are very toxic. So do some research on this. Again, I'll be doing a full podcast on this particular subject as we move uh, down with uh, other episodes. Uh, it's just the tip of the iceberg on today. One more area of potential toxicity in our life uh, is mold. This is a big problem uh, for uh, my state down here, Florida, where we've had some flooding. But any area that's had any flooding, moisture gets into the home or school or workplace, has the potential to cause some toxic mold and other toxic growths uh, that cause a variety of health issues. Uh, Sinus-related condition, asthma, uh, which can be a, a rather significant health, health problem. Uh, um, immune system can be compromised uh, because of toxic mold and also uh, loss of memory, anxiety, depression, brain fog or confusion, trouble concentrating fibromyalgia symptoms, there's a whole long list. It's really a big issue. But it's the biotoxins produced by a number of organisms, including mold, that are the real problem. Under healthy conditions, most people's body have the ability to get rid of these biotoxins. But unfortunately, repeated 
exposure to MDC lowers our ability to get rid of them, and other people just simply don't have the genes to remove these biotoxins. So if you're exposed on a daily basis, um, your system will become overloaded eventually. I mentioned previously that our body reacts to an antigen, which is an attacking substance, in a variety of ways. One way is an inflammatory response. If you are allergic to, uh, let's say, cats, like, like I am, your mucosal membranes have an inflammatory reaction. They produce more mucus. Uh, your eyes may get uh, kind of red and itchy. Uh, the big problem with mold illness is called chronic inflammatory response syndrome, or CIRS, chronic inflammatory response condition. Mold and these other organisms grow in damp environments, hence the big issue for, as I mentioned, Floridians and other areas uh, that have had some water get into homes. Uh, if you have any leaks around uh, plumbing or roof or windows, these damp areas can grow these toxic substances. So you need to get those areas fixed as quickly as possible. There's a simple screening test called the Visual Contrast Sensitivity, or VCS test, that can be taken online. It costs about 15 bucks. Uh, it'll give you a good indication if you need to pursue further testing from a physician that works regularly with mold illness. You can also get your house tested for mold, especially if you are positive on the VCS test and some other indications that you may have some mold-related illness. Well, last thing I wanna to touch on is toxicity in our foods. And I'm not talking about the occasional food poisoning that uh, we might hear about, but I'm talking about toxins that uh, we, we kind of miss over that are there all the time. You won't find them in natural, organic, whole food products, but you will find them regularly in processed food. Any food that's been canned, dehydrated, or had chemicals added, it's called a processed food. Not too great for you. That's when we had our session on nutrition uh, back in, I think, episode number three that we talked about whole foods as probably the best way to go. But I'm going to uh, devote an entire podcast to reading labels and shopping in the near future. But here's a list of things that uh, you kind of want to look out for on those labels. Uh, palm oil is one of those. It's uh, oils that have been blasted with hydrogen. It turns them more into a solid. Shortenings are another one. Uh, white flour, white rice, white pasta, white breads. Uh, you want to stay away from those. We talked about this in our episode on nutrition. High fructose corn syrup, another, another one that uh, is not very good for you. Artificial sweeteners on there. There's a whole bunch of these. Aspartame, saccharin, sacralose, or Splenda is another name for that. Again, these are chemicals designed to make it taste sweet, but they're chemicals. Um, sodium, sodium benzenate and potassium benzenate, you want to stay away from those. Uh, the BHAs, or butylated hydroxyl anisol, BHA, is another one when you, when you see this on a label. Sodium nitrates and sodium nitrites, Stay away from those, and certainly all of the uh, artificial food colorings. Stay away from those, uh, you know, red dye number one, two, three, etc. Many of them have been linked to bladder and other types of other types of cancer. And then lastly, uh, MSG, which is a preservative. The purpose of today is, is to kind of point out some areas of toxicity in our lives. Uh, the air that we breathe, whether it's indoors or outdoor, the water that we drink, the foods that we that we eat. Um, are just a few areas. So in future episodes, we're going to dig into all of these different areas that I've mentioned today in much greater detail. But I want to cover real quickly uh, 
some ways to try to get rid of these toxins once they are in your system. Your body has what is termed a toxic load. How much toxins have accumulated and the associated stress that they're putting on your system. Your body does have mechanisms in place to purge toxins out of your system. We simply need to support those systems that are already taking place and eliminating putting more toxins back into our system. This is how we cleanse our system. So number one, drink lots of water. Uh, maybe put some lemon juice in that. Lemon is a, is a good detoxifier. Uh, eat whole, unprocessed food. In other words, eliminate toxins from going in. Get regular exercise. Exercise helps all of your internal organs function at their best. Get plenty of rest. Hmm, this is sounding just like my six principles, isn't it? Well, indeed it is. But also there are some cleansing programs out there. Um, and you can undergo one of those. Dutera, the essential oil company that, that I utilize, has a cleansing kit. It's called Cleanse and Restore Kit. It's a 30-day program. It has eight components to it that support the internal organs that are cleansing your system of toxins. Other companies have these uh, cleansing kits out there as well. But you want to get on a good cleanse. Uh, fasting and short-term fasting is also a way to kind of help cleanse your system. We're going to have an entire episode uh, designated about fasting. How do you go about short-term or longer-term fast to help kind of cleanse your system? Um, so that's, a, that's another tip in the area of cleansing. But in this episode, uh, we conclude all of the overviews of the six principles in my Vibrant Lifestyle program. Proper exercise, proper nutrition, proper rest, proper mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. Uh, proper structure, and the one we finished today, purging and eliminating toxin. To have optimal health, we really need to be working on all six principles. And that's the point. It's like that wagon wheel that we talked about in episode number one. Each spoke in the wagon wheel is one of those principles. If you have one weak spoke, your overall well-being is lowered. Your overall health index is lower. And if you have one real strong spoke, it doesn't help compensate necessarily for weaker spokes. But if you have any questions uh, in related to this particular topic today, you can reach me at gsspine at gmail.com. That's gsspine at gmail.com. Maybe you have a, a topic you'd like me to cover here on Coffee on the Dock or a question about one of the areas that we have already spoken about. Well, thank you again for listening to Coffee in the Dock with the doc and we will see you next time.